welcome to all of my lifers out there. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the 1010 podcast, where we talk about life, all things pertaining to life, and of course, the abundant life that we can only have through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? So if you're looking for abundant life anywhere else outside of him, not going to find it but you're in the right place to hear some good news. I have a special guest with me today, my friend Damon Stoddard. I'm so glad that he has joined us for today's episode. I know that you're gonna enjoy hearing his story in just a minute. So thanks again for tuning in. You know, Life, uh, the podcast 1010 is a ministry of Life PNW. And so if you'd like to learn more about Life PNW, you can go to lifepnw.org. Life PNW is a pro-life ministry, uh, birthed from Cedar Park Church in 2021. And it's all about life. There's lots of resources on there that you can check out. So I'd encourage you to go to Life PNW and subscribe to our newsletter. We would love to just keep you informed about all the things that God is doing um, in this area to stand for life. It's an important day to stand for life. So let's get started. Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much, Damon, for joining us today on the this episode of the 1010 podcast. Um, it's been really fun to sit down with different people and hear their story. And I'm excited today to sit down with you. I've known you, Jay and I have had the chance of um, the opportunity to go to church with you for many years. Yeah, yeah. So um have seen you walk through lots of difficult yeah, things, yeah. you know, whether it's physical or relational, just, um, navigating the things of life and doing it with, um, such passion and grace, you know, and don't you love how God doesn't waste our pain? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know? And so what I'm interested in today, obviously hearing your story, like hearing about who you are, but also how God has used, um, the difficult and painful seasons of your life to uh, not only help you and your family, but to help so many others. Yeah. So I'm just excited that you're here. Why don't you introduce yourself? Just imagine that our listeners have never met you before. They don't know who you are, anything about you, and just let's get started. Yeah, well, thanks a lot, Sandy, for having me here, and thanks for the opportunity. I um, This is just really cool. I mean, we've known each other for a long time. I was thinking about it, and I think, you know, my friend Bob Jordan brought me to Cedar Park okay. Church, 1993, 1994, something like that. But well, I wasn't even born then, so. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that's kidding. what I'm saying. It's Just been... <laughs> kidding. No. I was in high school, 93, yeah. yeah, high school. I was barely out of high school. But mm -hmm. it's, you know, I remember your dad, the sermons, and, yeah. you know, may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds for every more, every more. And thank yeah. you for that. Thank yep. you for that, because that peace mm -hmm. of God did. But, um, and then we uh, left for, for a season and came back and. I'm just so th I'm so thankful for you and for Jay and the f the feet and legacy mm -hmm. and, and the impact and we'll get into that impact a little yeah. bit more but yeah I think a little bit about me I'm I'm married to my lovely wife Debbie for 19 years on the second marriage we have four children yesterday we celebrated um granddaughter's two year birthday Aww, that's fun Pretty awesome how many grandkids do you have we just have we just have just the, the one, one. Okay. the one yeah that's um, awesome and it's it's kind of nice to have family and to experience family yeah yeah so. absolutely yeah that's beautiful so obviously you're a believer we go to church together um you know how did that start like where did when did you first meet jesus yeah that's a great story you want the short version or the long version you know whatever god is leading you into 
I think it, it probably opens up my story a little bit. Yeah. So, so let me kind of just tell, tell a bit of the story and I think it, I think it'll tie it all together. Yeah. So, um, in 2015, it was, it was almost seven years ago. Mm-hmm. I went, I would, I'd worked at micro, Microsoft for seven and a half years okay. and I came into the office and was notified that my job had been eliminated. Oh, I had wow. two days to clean up. Oh no. And that was that. Okay. And so I, uh, I was notified and when I was sitting with my boss, I, I remember sitting there and thinking, okay, what's going to happen in this season of my life? And I mm-hmm. looked at her and I said, I, the Holy spirit came over me. I said, you know, I'm doing fine. How are you? Mm. And so you they know, just fired you. Yeah. And you really flipped the tables. <laughs> yeah. And two days later, I wrote a blog called Thank You, Microsoft, and Goodbye. The blog went viral. <laughs> and That's awesome. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do in that season. Yeah. A month and a half in, I met with a mentor of mine, and he said, why don't you write that book? And I just choked up. And I thought, wow. Okay. And so I remembered... Um, uh, I'd written the, the title of my book, Pain Drives Change. I'd written it down on a whiteboard and said I was going to write that book for years and years and years. Hmm. But I remembered that in this season of my life, when I was going through my, when my first marriage was failing, um, I had the wisdom to put a camera on a tripod, much like these cameras, okay. in a little house in South Seattle. Mm-hmm. And I video journaled my journey of going through that separation. Really? Yeah. Wow. And... I'd kind of forgotten about it, but when he said, write that book, I said, I've got to watch those video journals to remember. Mm. Didn't have a camera to watch him, went to a yard sale, found a camera, and I watched <laughs> the videos. It was Labor Day 2015, and I watched the videos through that little camera oh, wow. thing. Four hours I sat there, Ugh. and my heart just started pounding. But that was painful. And I said, wow, mm. God's hand has been on my life. Mm. I don't have a choice but to write this book. Mm. And 45 days later, the book was written. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And so as I, as I, as I thought about it, I wrote about my, my childhood. And when I was a child, unfortunately, my, my mother was an alcoholic and, and there was a lot of trauma in my family. Mm. And um, I'm going to probably tr- cry a lot, Sandy. Mm. So I apologize for don't, that. Don't but, say sorry. We have tissue. It's yeah. right there. So we're ready for you. Um, and I recalled it. <laughs> When I was five years old, my mom had been taken away uh, to a, I, I think, rehab, to, to go through rehab. And mm-hmm. there, was a, there was a family that lived there. Their name were the Weitzels. Okay. And we lived with them. And I remember they used to do this song, Head and Shoulders, Knees and Toes, Knees and Toes, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and um, I remembered them when I was writing the book. And I looked them up. And after the book was written, I said... I said, um, do you remember me? She said, yeah. And I said, I want to thank you for pulling our family in and taking care mm-hmm. of us for a couple of days. And she said, we didn't take care of you for a couple of days. We took care of you for four months. Yeah. You and your siblings? Me and my siblings. How many yeah. of? of- uh, there were there were five of us in total. Yeah. Wow. So and you this Christian- essentially lived in their home yeah. for four months? Yeah. Wow. This Christian couple took us in. And you were just little, so was, your recollection I was, four was years old, yeah. was just like, oh, a couple of days. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So that was my first exposure to Jesus. Wow. Yeah. And he's he was with me all along. I didn't I didn't yeah. follow him um, you know, didn't follow him in high school or college, but there were a couple of instances, but it wasn't until my I was dating my 
my soon to be first wife and mm-hmm. she broke up with me and um to make a long story short i i made a made a deal with god mm-hmm. i said god if you'll just give her back to me i'll give my life to you <laughs> and was so was she a believer yeah she was okay. and uh that's what happened okay. i had no idea what the ride was that i was in for but yeah. that was that was when i gave my life oh, to christ and how old were you i was probably 28 okay something like that so this family when you were you know four or five watched over you and they were believers. Yes. And so did you go to church with them or did they just. I don't just, remember. Yeah. Honestly, all I remember is head and shoulders, knees and toes. <laughs> that's all I remember. <laughs> and I don't even know how I know that's a Christian song. Right. I know. <laughs> I'm thinking, hmm, I, does it talk about Jesus in that song? Maybe it's like he made our head and shoulders, knees yeah. and toes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Wow. Okay. So you're 28. Give your heart to Jesus mm-hmm. to get a girl. To get a girl. Great uh, motivation. Mm. <laughs> Yeah, so I had no idea. I, I thought it, I thought being a Christian was going to be a magic pill, mm, and I think a lot of all of the problems that. that were in our relationship would go away. Mm-hmm. And they didn't go away. Right. Um, in fact, I write in my book that um, they were really bad. Actually, mm. things got really bad. I actually mm. went to jail for oh. an incident when I when we were married. Okay. And couldn't change. Mm-hmm. And January eleventh, nineteen ninety nine, we separated. And I remember leaving the house that, that we lived in and my daughter, Monica was a year and a half old and she was standing in the window waving goodbye to dad. Mm, that's just and I thought, heart-wrenching. Kind of like what happened to me. Mm. I swore I'd never do this and I'm doing it to my, to my baby girl. Yeah. Yeah. But that was, that was the season that God transformed my life. Hmm. He absolutely transformed my life in that season. It was pain drive change. That's where the title of my book comes from. Yeah. And um, without getting getting in, into it any too much, um, because of my childhood trauma, I have a lot of issues with trust. Right. Okay. Every caregiver that I'd ever had in my life, I couldn't trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, as an adult, I had a hard time trusting people. But God, in His infinite wisdom, put me at a job at Honeywell where I worked with two godly men for 10 mm-hmm. years. Wow. One of them was Bob Jordan. Okay. Yeah. And um, I looked these two men up when I was separated and just in extreme pain. Mm-hmm. And they carried me. They literally mm-hmm. carried me for the next couple of years wow. and transformed my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to tell the story of the um, of the four men that Jesus carried, right? Yeah. Or, or that the, carried their, their friend to Jesus, carried their friend to Jesus yeah. right? And they cared so much about him, they tore tore a hole in the roof and dropped yeah. him down. And and Jesus, here's what was interesting is is if you look at the scripture closely, it says Jesus didn't heal him him physically first. He said, um, because of your because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. Interesting. And I, when I was writing my book, I came across that, and I thought. Because of their faith, mm. my sins were forgiven. Wow. So that that's a bit about that background. Yeah. And so, um, anyway. It's so interesting how um, when we, ex- like so many, I talked about this in our last podcast with my friend, but um, when people accept Christ, they think like that's the end of the road. No. <laughs> right? You give your heart to Jesus and you're like, great, everything is going to be perfect. My problems are going to go away. My marriage is going to work out. You know, I don't know. We're going to lose weight. (laughs) Just anything we can apply that we want. Um, you know, but, but just that idea that that's really just the beginning of the road. Yeah. 
And so many people, I think, become disillusioned with their faith because they literally think that if I just give my life to Jesus, that I'm not going to have any more problems. I'm, you know, all my, whether it's anger issues or addictions, they're going to just fall off, you know, and I think sometimes we do have those healing moments, you know, where God really transforms us immediately, but everybody comes to the point where like, okay, you know, the rubber meets the road and I got to, um, you know, really work out my faith and take the time to obey what God says. Cause he, he invites us to be a part of his kingdom, but he has his own rules and that go against (laughs) our human nature. They're like almost exactly against what we would instinctively want or desire. But when we say yes to Jesus and we say yes to his ways, he brings freedom that you could never imagine, right? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, said scripture. That is the best right. one. Yeah. yeah, and whom the son sets free yeah. is free indeed. Yeah. You know, and we overcome by the blood of the lamb and by the, the word, word of, of our, our testimony, testimony, even by what words you're speaking today, yeah. you know, how you, um, your journey to Christ. And even though it's like sometimes we wish that there was no bumps along the way, it's those things actually that shape us and that have yeah. shaped you. Yeah. You know, and even um, that moment, you know, seeing your your child, your daughter, you know, waving at you, um, yeah. you know, propels you into the next season of your life. And, you know. Yeah. So, you know, as you were talking, I, I, I thought of the scripture that's kind of the foundation of my book. Um, I, I And I knew the scripture before I was separated. What was interesting is that James 1, 2, 2 through 4 says, Consider it joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials knowing that testing of your faith produces endurance. And I knew that portion of the scripture, right? And I, I didn't understand it. And I remember I'm in this little house in South Seattle, and the Holy Spirit prompts me to pick up my Bible, and I pick up my Bible, and it says, I read the next verse, knowing that testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, mm. so that you'll be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And I wow. thought... Oh, as we were talking before this, a big enough why yeah. will overcome any how. Mm. Oh, the reason to consider it joy is because we will become perfect and complete. Yeah. And then interestingly enough, if I can geek out for just a sec. Yeah, do it. So I'm I'm an engineer by trade, and I had just read a book called Managing the Design Factory. And in Managing the Design Factory, he talks about the importance of failure. Mm. And he goes into the theory of failure and bottom line is he says that we learn the most when we're failing 50% of the time. Mm. So I had just had this paradigm from engineering about failure. And then I come across this scripture mm. that talks about consider it joy when we're going mm. through trials. Mm-hmm. And I put together the engineering components with the biblical component. I said, I'm failing a lot right now. Mm. I'm failing an awful lot. That must mean I'm learning a lot, mm. awful lot. So all of a sudden I could consider it joy. Yeah in the failure, yeah. knowing that it was how I learned the most. Mm-hmm. That's good. So kind of geeky, but no, <laughs> I have a that's... couple other engineering examples. Here I love that... it. And, and I'm not an engineer. God didn't make me that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I love to hear that perspective from you because I'm going to look at things, you know, from a different angle, yeah. from a singer or a worship leader. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sing my problems away. Um, okay. So just picking up with your story. Yeah. Uh, you wrote your book in that season, yeah. your first mm-hmm. book, because mm-hmm. how many books have you written? I've written two Okay. Books. Yeah. yeah. So what happened after that? So, um, so because I'd written that blog that went viral, mm-hmm. I looked and I said, you know, I want to go back to Microsoft. And so I reached out to somebody 
that I knew. And they said, oh yeah, our, our general manager read your blog and said, we want people like that working on the team. <laughs> That's too funny. So she created a role okay. and I was rehired five months later after writing a book. Yeah. And by the way, I went back to Microsoft after five months and writing this book with more money in the bank than when I was laid off from Microsoft. <laughs> a better office, a better position suited for me. And the yeah. Lord had opened the door for me to write this book. That is amazing. It's clearly God's will. So right? because I because I chose to consider it joy. Mm -hmm. Right. It was that scripture yeah. that's my life scripture. I, I chose in that moment to consider it joy. And instead of asking why, you were like, what? Yeah. God, what are you doing? Yeah. And I think that's, I think somebody, I can't remember that church a couple weeks ago, somebody mentioned that, like, instead of asking God why, yeah. ask him what, <laughs> right? When you get in that season, you're like, everything's going wrong. You know, you can get angry. You can um, lose faith Yeah. when you're asking God the wrong question. Yeah, that makes but sense. God, what do you want me to do in this season? Yeah. What are you doing? How can I get in step with you so that we can get through this together? Well, there's another interesting part of this story along those lines, because um, I talked about my mom mm -hmm. and I talked about um, some of the struggles she had when I yeah. was younger. And my mom lived right down the street during that time. And I'm, one morning I was out running right after I started writing the book and I was listening to worship music. I'll never forget it. Jeremy Camp song, There Will Be a Day, came up and the Holy Spirit spoke to me as not not audibly, but... Damon, you should ask your mom if she wants to write the book with you. So Whoa. I stopped right there. I stopped right there. I called her on the phone and I said, mom, would you write this book with me? And she said, you know, I always thought I was going to write a book, but I don't think I can. Hmm. I said, well, how about if we write it together? And she said, sure. And so I would go down and she would tell me her story and I'd sit by her, by her chair and she would just be weeping, 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 mm. weeping about about the failure she'd had in life. Wow. And I remember sitting there and she was sharing something with me and she said, son, I don't know that I've ever, that God would forgive me. Hmm. And I confirmed that she had, she had um, given her life to Christ. And I said, mom, the Bible says as far as the East is from the West, your sins are forgiven. Yeah. Your sins have been forgiven. Amen. And she just, it was like, she let go. It was like the peace that came over her. Well, she wrote, she ended up writing a letter and we put that letter in the book. Uh, I went back to Microsoft and a week later she went to the hospital. Two weeks later, we get a phone call that she had passed away. What? Yeah, she had passed away. Well, here's what's interesting. Um, wow. When I talked to the nurses, it turns out that there was one nurse on one side her, whose name was Faith and on the other side was name was Grace. No way. My mom, yeah, my mom died with Faith and Grace on her side and she was scared to go. But they were with her on each side and said, it's okay. It's okay. Wow. And, my, and my mom went in peace. Wow. So not only did the, did the Lord open the door for me to write the book. That is. But the Lord opened the door for me to heal with yeah. my mom and to bond with my mom and to, and to offer her this forgiveness. That is And then incredible. she died with faith and grace by her side. I kid you not. That is so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. You just think of that moment though, how, that when the Holy Spirit dropped that idea. Yeah. If you hadn't acted on that yeah i know and yeah. i'm just you know and then just... we played that song by the way at her funeral <laughs> so oh, there will be a day yeah that's so good and it just reminds me that um you know sharing sharing like i'm sure hearing your mom talk about her mistakes and 
her regrets, mm-hmm. like you said, just brought so much like closure to your heart and yeah. pe- uh, healing from yeah, that pain that you really walked did. through. And that's just so amazing. Yeah. In fact, as I, as I hit, sit here talking with you, I realized that, um, my wise wife said, mom, or said, Damon, um, you seem to get kind of hard towards your mom sometimes. Mm. I wonder if there's something there. Uh, and this season was a time for me to be yeah. gentle and at yeah. peace and love and care. Forgiveness. And it healed a lot of wounds. A lot of wounds were healed yeah. in that season. Yeah. Um, sometimes our testimony, even telling our testimony, um, I think one of my friends said this on the podcast, uh, one of our last podcasts, Emma said it, that a lot of times our testimony involves other people, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> people that are close to us that, and that when we take the time to um, talk about like, go and claim our testimony, having that conversation, you know, with someone like your mom or, um, you know, a sibling yeah. that can actually help bring that healing that's needed. Yeah. Um, but it's hard to have those conversations, especially when, you don't have the great story yet. <laughs> you know, you're still waiting for the resolution. Mm. Um, you're still waiting to be able to, you know, to give that praise report. Um, but I think as we face our own past and fears and um, regrets that it brings healing, not only to us, but those around oh, us. Yeah. So yeah, it's a good encouragement to just go after those, go after those stories yeah. People that we love or, you know, siblings or parents, um, to not let those things go unsaid. That's really cool. Yeah. It was, it was pretty cool. Just reflecting on it here. It was really cool. And yeah, I, I we could talk so much about that, but there's so much more to the story. So where, <laughs> what shows your book and where people can find it? Yeah. So it's just, my, the book is my pain, pain drives change. It's my first book. They can find it on, it's, it's available on Amazon. So it's really cool. Yeah. And your mom has a letter in there, so that's special. She actually did and re- write the letter, and I I remember sitting with her, and she could barely write. Really, and she wrote this letter mm-hmm. out, and it was a, it was the it was the story of her own pain, because mm-hmm. when we were eight years old, when I was eight years old, um, we lived in a basement apartment, and came home one day, and the door was locked. We'd been locked out, so oh, we no. had to live in a park. Oh no! Yeah, and so we lived in a park for three days. And my mom said, you know, I, I got to take care of my kids. So brought us to the welfare office, DSHS. And we all had to split and go to different, different places. Uh, but she went and got help. Wow. Yeah. She went and got help. So pain drives change. She used that pain mm-hmm. of her, of losing her children to change. Yeah. And for the most part, she never drank again. Wow. Yeah. It became very healthy for me. Yeah. In my teenage years when I needed it the most. Mm. So. So so that was was that the first time going into like a kind of state driven <laughs> foster care? <laughs> we probably don't want to go down this path, but no? yes it was. Yes it was. It was. It okay. was. No, we can go down the path if you'd like. So I ended now up going Now I do want to, but <laughs> I'm afraid. What's in the book? Afraid. Everybody knows about it. So um so it turns out that I went into a foster home mm-hmm. and I was in the foster home for four months and um, mom saw something that she didn't like. So I went into a different foster home and uh, it was a group home. I was eight years old and my foster dad decided that he wanted to start fondling me the first mm. night and wow. continued to do so for four years. Ugh. 
Yeah. So sorry. So remember I said earlier, those that were in authority over me, yeah. I couldn't trust. That's why. My, you know, my mom with the alcoholism, mm -hmm. uh, stepdads, the people that we lived with, mm -hmm. my foster parents, yeah. my foster dad. So, wow. I, yeah. I just, um, as I've been, you know, listening to different people's stories through this podcast, uh, it, right away, I was like, wait, is there anybody who hasn't been molested? Just anybody, you know, like I cannot believe yeah. how common it is That's in sad. people's upbringing. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It just really blows my mind. But at the same time, it's so encouraging to see how many people like, that's part of their story, yeah. but it doesn't break them. You know, it shapes you, yeah. right? And yeah. and maybe like makes your journey obviously more difficult and challenging to work through, but nothing is too hard for God, right? To bring healing to. And yeah. I don't know if you want to talk about healing from that or what that, you know, looked like for you well, or. So um, I think, I think it's, it's worth talking about the healing and, mm -hmm. and, I've done a lot of reflecting about this, but I talked about the two men that, that kind of carried me, mm -hmm. but that was also the season when I was going to Cedar Park. Okay. And, um, I actually think you were probably singing occasionally okay. back then. Um, and the mm -hmm. altar at Cedar Park and your mm -hmm. dad's prayers yeah. played a profound role in my healing. Wow. A profound role in my healing. In fact, I was talking to your husband at breakfast and I mm -hmm. said, I don't know if I was going to a church where there wasn't an altar and there wasn't the welcoming of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't know that that healing would have happened. Wow. Because um, without going too deep into it, that childhood trauma, mm -hmm. um, I have a mentor of mine that has taught me a lot about trauma, a couple of mentors, and he has this statement that is actually going to be the title of my third book, and it's, by nature, we are wired for connection, mm -hmm. but when trauma enters, we are rewired for protection. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And I, I was sitting with him at lunch and he shared this with me. I'm like, that describes my entire life. Wow. Yeah. And so all of a sudden I started thinking about it and mm -hmm. to make a long story short, you literally you, Sandy, and the way that you lead worship mm -hmm. and the worship at Cedar Park, welcoming the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the, the Holy Spirit uses that to break that protective barrier. Yeah. Absolutely. Infiltrate the darkest places that would not have gotten. Yeah. I, it just gives me chills to think about yeah. and it, I, the number of times that this has happened at that altar yeah. at Cedar Park. And I can't, mm -hmm. I can't even tell you. So thank you for that. Thank wow. you for That's that. So and cool. thank you, Joe Feet, and for your yeah. prayers and Jay for your prayers and, yeah. and your willingness to keep the altar yeah. at a church. Cause it's not a common thing anymore. You know, ugh, so many things right now, but first of all, the man um, who donated the money to build those altars just passed away. Oh, yeah. Wow. He was in his nineties. I think he was like 92. I believe his name was Alan. I should have known it, but um, it just reminded me because, uh, you know, it came through. We have Chapel of the Resurrection yeah. at Cedar Park. And so we get notified when people pass away. Yeah. And um, and that was just the note next to his name that, you know, he was the one who actually my dad responded to the email and said, actually, this man donated the money for those altars. And I mean, how many times have I been impacted by going and kneeling at the altar? Yeah. Like the a piece of furniture, right? There's no magic in there's no magic <laughs> well, in them. Yeah. But what does it represent? Yeah. 
it represents humility that we're saying, God, I am going to bow my knee right now. I'm going to bow my head and I'm going to take this time. It could be a million other places, but right now what I need only you can give. Mm. And man, the Holy spirit and God, when he sees his kids at the altar, I don't think there's anything that makes him happier. Yeah. You know, just that submitted heart. And obviously we don't have to have an altar to truly be humbled before the Lord. We can bow our knee anywhere. uh, Just hearing people like give their life to Jesus, you know, in their bedroom, on the floor in front of the TV or just whatever, right? You can have an altar before the Lord any place. But um, I remember I was in my late 20s when I had like three or four different people speak words over me about worship Mm. that... um, when I sang that God would heal, you know? And so it's kind of one of those things that when I do, when I sing and the opportunities that I have, you don't always feel like, God, it doesn't seem like anything, you know, you're doing anything or you don't, I don't get to see how God is working in people's hearts. Like even just through the gifts that he's given me of singing, which I love to do. So that's so awesome that he does his work even through singing, you know, while I get to do something that I love, um, but thank you for, for telling me that. Cause that's, that's so cool. I like just sitting here talking to you, um, kind of helped me connect that, mm-hmm. you know, it was, it was your voice, mm-hmm. the, the Lord using you and your mm-hmm. voice that played, has played a profound role that's so cool. I, I, in my, in my books. I, most every chapter I share verses from songs that have impacted me. Mm-hmm. And we were talking before this, um, about one of, one of the worship nights about mm-hmm. that song, and when it was a difficult season last yeah, summer. Yeah, yeah. And that song, I don't know the name of the song, but um, uh, Firm Foundation, the Cody Firm, Carnes, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, rains came, wind blew. My house was built on you. Yeah. I'm safe with you. Or I'm going to make it through. Yeah. And it's, I just started weeping that night. Yeah. Just weeping, weeping, weeping because mm. I was giving up hope and mm. there it was again. Right. And now every yeah. time I hear that song, I think it, it I, I think I break into tears every sign, every mm. time those verses. Just come. the imagery of that and that bridge. And it was the, it was the, I remember mm-hmm. because of the trauma, remember the, yeah. the trauma. Um, I was never safe, mm. right? It wow. was never safe for me. So look at the words on the screen. Rain came, wind blew. Yeah. A lot of that. I'm safe My with house you. Built on you. My, yeah. yeah. I'm safe with you. And just, we're going to make it through. Yeah. And then I just recalled all those times, all those times. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just you saying that reminds me of kind of the season that God has been bringing even Jay and I through. And I think our church Mm -hmm. where we've had like extended times of just waiting on the Lord. Yeah. Even on a Sunday morning, like, you know, we've sung all the songs, but we're not done. Right. Like God is still working and just like, you know, maybe the band is playing or whatever, but we're just waiting on God. We're just listening. We're letting him heal. Um, and that's been happening that, you know, earlier in the year, um, God wanted to just heal my heart from some things too. Mm. Um, and in his presence, just letting those memories come back to my mind and then just surrendering them to Jesus and inviting him, like, even though he was there always, but inviting him into those places in my heart and saying, God, I don't, you know, I don't know what went wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I don't know how to go back from this or like turn from this, but his presence comes and his healing comes and there's never condemnation. Yes. Right. There's never shame. Sometimes when, you know, you confess your sins to someone, you kind of like wait for the, (laughs) 
uh, you know? Yeah. And I think even with God, sometimes like I'll voice my sin or whatever and I'll speak it out and you just kind of, but he's like, he leans in. Yeah. He doesn't recoil or, um, be like, oh, I'm not going to talk to you for a week, <laughs> you know, treat us like maybe we've been treated uh-huh. by people or like we've treated people, but he's just so forgiving, gracious. And I believe that God heals our memories, you mm. know, when it's like, uh, stuff we've seen, whether it's like pornography or anything that when we confess our sins, mm-hmm. especially when we've seen things that we didn't want to be exposed mm-hmm. to, you know, or be a part of that God can heal memories. Mm. Why not? Yeah, really. You know, God can do it. He's, he's awesome. He loves us and he wants to bring wholeness and healing to his children. Amen That's like that. his, his number one. Yes. So it's cool to hear, you know, how he's done that for you. How he's doing that. It's a journey. No, you're done, it's right? Lifetime. No, I'm not done, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm not done, but I'm yeah. trying to consider it joy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I consider it joy too. And, um, thankfully I think it's kind of like this, you know, it's not, it's not always where he's like, I got to deal, deal with you. Sometimes it seems like comes all at once. And then like, ah, Mm -hmm. you you know, you experience freedom and then it's like, there's always more, right? There's always more. Yeah. There's always more. So I, so back to the story. So I go Mm -hmm. back to Microsoft, right. And I'm there for, Hmm year and a half and found out my wife had cancer again. Mm. And um, to make a long story short, she made it through second time, made it through, thank God. But um, I, I just turned 50. I said, what am I going to, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I prayed and prayed and sought God and prayed and sought God. And to make a long story short, the Lord opened the door for me to create uh, an organization called Change University. Mm-hmm. And what change university became was basically a place where I could coach and mentor men who were exactly the same as I was. Mm. So I got to take all of the lessons that I wrote in the book and really coach and train and support and honestly bring a lot of men to the Lord. That's amazing. Through these seasons and change university ended up becoming a pretty strong organization. Um, Healed a lot of men, a lot of men, influenced a lot of people. Um, was a year into Change University and I got cancer. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I got cancer. What? <laughs> yeah. So this is the third time of having cancer. Really? In our lives. And um, I started um, I started blogging about it. Yeah. From the very beginning, I started blogging when I just f- found the lump. Mm-hmm. And that blog ended up becoming my second book, which is wow. What, which is, and it, that's and so interesting. It's like God has a pattern with you. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not, and I'm in another one of those seasons right now, which we'll get to. But okay. um, the uh, we were sitting like right when it first ha- when it first happened, we were sitting there, and Nathan hit my son. Nathan had had a memory verse. Um, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does mm. my help come from? My help, help comes, comes from, from the Lord. Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so that was one of the scriptures in there, but anyway, uh, without going into too much detail, that became a book. Okay. What Got, kind of cancer did you have in your neck? Uh, so I had, um, it started out with a lump in my neck, uh, which, um, squamous cell 
Okay. And then, but it turns out it didn't emanate there. It emanated in my tongue. Interesting. And it's a, God's hand is all over this, yeah. but I'll just, I'll say that through a series of miracles, I discovered that, um, in fact, I used my engineering skills to discover mm -hmm. this. I write about that in my book. I discovered a procedure at the University of Washington called transoral robotic surgery. Okay. Where they actually take a robot and are able to go to the base of your tongue. Mm -hmm. And so um, at Cedar Park, a few weeks before the surgery, the men were laid their hands on me. And mm -hmm. one of the guys said, Jesus, the doctors don't know where the cancer is, but you do. I pray Whoa. that they would find the cancer. Yeah. And so they're wheeling me in on the, um, before surgery. And I said, you're going to find the cancer and you're going to cut it out. Amen. And I passed out and I woke up and yeah. I said, did you find the cancer? And they said, we found the cancer. Come I said, on. wahoo. <laughs> and then I fell asleep again and I woke up and I said, did you find the cancer? They said, we found the cancer. We cut it out because it, apparently that you have short-term memory loss. So, <laughs> but anyway, the doctor said that literally they were in there and they put the microscopes, uh, you know, down my throat mm -hmm. and they saw a little bump and they did a biopsy and it was right there mm. and they cut it all out with a robot Praise God. and I was cancer free. That's amazing. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, uh, Jesus, the doctors don't know where the cancer is, but you do. I pray that they yes. would find the cancer yes. and cut it out just right over here. He's at, right there. Right. It He's was right, right over here with the, the man. I think your husband was there laying mm. hands on me and praying. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good. That was about four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Here you are healed and healed from cancer. Yeah. And, um, I wrote the book, you know, wrote the book. It was, the book was more for me to heal than anybody else. I haven't really tried to do a lot with it, but it turns out if you'd like to know the rest of the story. So it turns out, um, I went back to work at my, I was at work at Microsoft and after the whole cancer season, I went back to work and reflected a lot on what I wanted to do mm -hmm. with the rest of my life. Uh, you have cancer three times in your family, you realize. Yeah. And yeah. so my manager saw, saw some strength in me around coaching and teaching and data to make a long story short, asked me to do research on measuring productivity. And so I started doing research and I came up with this learning about this thing called psychological safety. Mm. And psychological safety is basically the absence of fear in decision-making, mm. right? Mm -hmm. And the research is compelling, compelling, compelling that the strongest factor in forming teams is psychological safety. So if, if it's psychologically safe, then I think it's 43% of the variation in teams. And I learned all of this stuff and, um, I was super passionate about it for wow. some reason. And so I, I, at Microsoft, I began teaching these workshops mm -hmm. and, um, people loved the workshops. Yeah. So I ended up building some tooling at Microsoft that was used by, I think 65,000 organizations the last time I checked to help what? teams, to help teams around the world. That's major, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> organizations. Yeah. That's amazing. So teams around the world are using this software wow. to improve psychological safety and function at a whole new level. Yeah. And I, be, I became known as the psychological safety guru at Microsoft. Wow. Right. Wow. And I'm super passionate because I start applying these principles of psychological safety yeah, to my yeah. marriage and my parenting and my mm, family. Right. And I see transformation. My wife yeah. will tell you that everything changed in my marriage. My kids will tell you everything changed about how I parented. Mm. And I realize there's a scripture that describes this. 
Perfect love casts out all fear. Right. That's what psychological safety yeah, is. Yeah. And I set a new North Star as a parent and a husband. I want to have perfect love for my mm-hmm. kids. I want to model perfect love. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm, su- I'm doing this work and super excited about it and really believing that God's opening the doors mm-hmm. for me to do this type of work for my future. And then two months ago, I get called into a meeting. Guess what happened? Damon, your job's been eliminated. Oh, man. <laughs> You're like, okay, God, what next? Okay, here we go. So I said, you know what? I, I've been down this path. Wow. So guess what I did? He said, thank you. I wrote a blog. <laughs> you wrote a blog. <laughs> called Thank You, Microsoft, and Goodbye. <laughs> oh, gosh. Another book. Let's go, Lord. It's got to be another way to write I'm, books, I'm, though. Uh, there's another book coming. The Lord's working pretty deep. Wow. Um, and uh, that's cool. The blog went. You know, a lot of people saw the blog and I just, I'm, I keep thinking about how many people are hearing about Jesus in the gospel, just through your story, you know, just your openness with yeah. the things you're going through, your blogging, your, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> just so, imagine how many people are, you know, I, finding Jesus what, because what, of that. what I just, so, so what, I, here's what I realized is, um, we talked about change university and, you know, change university impacted a lot of men. Mm-hmm. But it was also it wasn't the right season for it because my I have children in the home and so right. I kind of let it I kind of let it go. Yeah. But what I realized is one day I just had this epiphany. Wait, psychological safety, perfect love casts out all fear. The greatest commandment is to love one another. Wait, mm-hmm. the greatest commandment is to kind of abolish or create a psychologically safe environment so there can be love. Right. I think I'm witnessing to 63,000 organizations in the world through the work that I did. Maybe I should put a little effort here. Wow. Right. Yeah. And so the, the Lord opened that up and I, mm-hmm. I don't, honestly, Sandy, I don't know what's next for me. Well, that, that whole psychological safety curriculum that you basically, you know, created. it yeah. just reminds me of the song. Like, was that around the same <laughs> it was time? was around the same time. Of just God yeah. realizing, because when you realize that concept that so much of what we do is based out of fear, fear of rejection, fear of being alone. I mean, I recognize that in my own life decisions. I look back at decisions I've made and I have like, wow, I really did that because I was trying to insulate myself from being alone or, you know, I don't know, left out that FOMO is real, (laughs) you know, but when you have this, that firm foundation of knowing, wait, even at my lowest, even when I'm truly alone, I'm not, ever alone right and and yeah and I, I love that you pulled that out because um because it all comes together when you, you go back to the trauma right mm-hmm. and by nature we yeah. are wired for connection but when trauma enters we're rewired for for um protection yeah well all of the men that came into change university had one thing in common guess what it was trauma yeah and so what I learned in Change University is I thought the secret ingredient was my brilliance. I did. I did really. I, I kid you not. I put all this, tra- <laughs> I put all these slides together and this training like, and wow, this information. I am really something. And, and after I had a bunch of men go through it, I, I, I gave them a little survey and I said, if you only had a hundred dollars to spend on everything that you learned, where would you spend it? And I said, you know, the curriculum or my book or the guests or small group, we did virtual small group or one-on-one coaching. And it turns out that 70 out of a hundred dollars would have been spent on relationship. Wow. And psychological safety comes along and I realize 
psychological safety is my key ingredient because every one of these men had trauma, so they cannot open up and talk about what's happened to Mm -hmm. them, right? They can't Mm -hmm. be vulnerable. You can't be vulnerable if it's not psychologically safe. So the secret ingredient is vulnerability. Mm. And psychological safety makes it safe to be vulnerable. Right. And and trauma Mm. that was caused from relationships can only be healed through relationships. So the secret sauce of Change University wasn't the wasn't my brilliance. It wasn't the curriculum. It was psychological safety. Yeah. Which the Lord mm. opened the door for me to discover it at Microsoft. Yeah. Mm. And then is That's using amazing. psychological safety to yeah. help me heal my yeah. own trauma, mm-hmm. deeper trauma. Yeah. It's transformed my relationships. Yeah. And so if you can't see, there's a, you might be able to see some burgeoning passioning, passion here. Yeah. In a certain area. <laughs> well, like God literally doesn't waste our pain. Yeah. And he turns our ashes into beauty, <sighs> not just for us, but for our friends and family. And that is just amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. the way I love. And I, I think that whole relationship part of um, healing, you know, for Christians, like we, yes, we find that in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Maybe we find that through sharing our story, right. Through listening, through prayer. But I think like as Christians, we, we find that in that, in that time with Jesus, like yeah. that healing that you talked about, like experiencing yeah. during worship or during times of prayer, you know, um, that he, that relationship that Jesus wants to have with us. You know, I, I think what he's saying is come to me with your burdens. Yeah. I can heal you. I can restore you. I can restore your mind, yeah. your thinking, yeah. you know, the way that you love, the way that you receive love. I can heal that. Um, yeah, I mean it's crazy. There's a book called How We Love, which I've told yeah. I've talked to a I lot love of that people. Book. Yes. Oh, really? Yeah, yes. That's a great book. Because great book. a couple of years ago, um, I was going to some counseling and my counselor recommended that book. So I read it and then I yeah. read it to Jay. We read it together. And it's amazing how much of who we are as an adult is because of what we went through. Not what we went through, but just even if we didn't have childhood trauma, but just the way that we interacted with our parents, siblings, whatever, we develop patterns of protection, Yeah, you know, and, um, turns out we all try to just do it on our own. (laughs) (laughs) We all just have this feeling of like, I got to make this happen for me. No one's going to help me do it. I'm on my own. Um, which is stupid, especially when you're married. (laughs) Because you realize right away, why am I pushing you away? You're, you know, we're on the same team. Yeah. But we're supposed, you, you know, you're, we're working together. Like, but it's, it is amazing how even in that marriage relationship, it becomes like you against them. I'm like, wait, how did this happen? This is not, you know. It's never happened to us. <laughs> it certainly hasn't know, happened. It certainly hasn't happened to, happened to us in the last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. My, my, my legs are crossed. <laughs> Oh my word, I forgot about that. Cross my fingers, my fingers are crossed behind my back. <laughs> I have not heard that since, well, for a long time. I don't know where that, I don't know where that came from. I have no idea where My legs are always from. crossed. You can't believe anything I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, so um, mm. so what's interesting about, about this relationship thing is um, you're mention, mentioning, you know, that we're safe with God, but, mm-hmm. but what I always, here's how I reflect on it is, mm-hmm. If I couldn't trust human beings mm. that I can see and be with, how do you make that leap? How do I to trust God? a God that I can't see? Right. Well, like it's, it's clear. I told you two men were in my life mm. that I worked with for ten years. Wow. 
that were that happened to be Christian. No. And they were there when I was alone. Mm-hmm. And I could trust them. And yeah. they modeled Christ's love. Yep. So they built a bridge. Yeah. Right. And that's what we did in Change University as well, that's is good. most of the men did not know Christ. Mm. But we were safe mm-hmm. and we built a bridge and we modeled Christ's love yeah. so that they could experience it. Yeah. So anybody who's out there listening to your story, you know, what's the words of advice? Maybe they're in a place, uh, in a dark place. Maybe they've lost a job or they're like kind of at a crossroads. Um, you know, what are some, what are some things that you've learned just like, yeah, through this, I mean, I mean, you've shared a lot. I mean, they're coming to my mind, like church, (laughs) (laughs) find a community, right? Yeah. How do they get involved with like a mentor, a male mentor or even a female mentor that can help them walk through? Yeah. So I, th- I think that it, it starts with an idea, right? And I didn't know when I wrote the book, Pain Drives Change, that those three words would become so powerful for mm-hmm. so many people. Mm-hmm. But the number of people that have read the book or even heard those words, it shifts their parad- paradigm, mm-hmm. right? So when you're in the middle of... Ch- when you're in the middle of pain, here's the way I like to put it. If you take, imagine a hot burner on a stove, right? And this is going to be kind of corny, I caution you, but there's a hot <laughs> burner on the stove, right? So what's going to happen, Sandy, if you take your hand and you put it on that hot burner? You're going to get burned. You're going to get burned, but what else is going to happen? Uh, blisters. You're, you're going to le- you're going to just leave it sitting there and say, no, oh, take it off. Do you have to think, do you have to no. think about taking it off? No. Why is that? Because it's, it's hurts. Because when it's more painful to stay the same, mm-hmm. keep my hand on the burn, right. than it is to change, pull my hand off the burner, change happens automatically, mm. right? Yeah. So so you don't have to think about, when you're in deep pain, that's, you don't have to think good. about changing. You're going to change. Yeah, you're looking. You're, you're like, going to change, what am I gonna do? right? The question is, what are you going to do to change? Are you going to yeah. do something healthy right. or unhealthy? Mm. My encouragement would be, if you're in the middle of pain, realize that yeah. that's the opportunity to actually make a transformational yeah. shift in your life. And what I discovered when I was going through that season is, sure, one cycle of pain, two cycle of pain. Eventually, I reached a point where I, I actually did find joy in the pain mm. because I knew that it was going to result Produce in a, something in, in, good. In a, yeah, in a powerful shift. Yeah. So um, yeah. realize the pain drives change and utilize the pain to grow in a positive direction. Yeah. Right? Not why, but what. Yeah. God, yeah. what are you doing? That would be my first piece of advice. My second piece of advice would be um, uh, there's been research for men anyway. Three out of four men, even in the church, don't have anybody they can talk to. Hmm. Um, and so if you don't have one or two relationships in your life with males mm-hmm. where you feel psychologically safe, start praying that the Lord would That's put good. those men in your life. That you can talk to about anything. It's good. You know, um, and I've built, you know, one of the things I've done in my life is I surround myself with those, with a few men like that. Mm-hmm. And we're in a small group every two weeks and it's psycho. the core foundation is it's psychological safety. Yeah. Right. We can share anything. There's no reaction. And then allows it to get out and process and get perspective. And I always feel better about it. Yeah. So. That's a really long good way answer to your question. No, it's I have not. lots of other ones, but that's, no, pro- that's I, I probably know. at the core. I know you do. And I think that you've learned them by testing it. <laughs> yeah. You know, you've experienced that in your own life and it's been proven. Yeah. You know, I think relationship is um, so important and it's, it's easy it's to isolate. 
I think especially when you are wounded, yeah, you've been wounded. You're like, who wants to run back into that? You know, especially when it's people that we get yeah. wounded by. So I think just praying and asking God to, you know, help you, like you said, just find those people. Yeah. You know, and it's amazing how once you start saying those prayers, your eyes are opened. You're mm-hmm. like, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> or, or they just show up. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm going through some, through some stuff right now. And to make a long story short, um, I was on a, I, I was on a call a couple of weeks ago with a friend who we've been friends for a while and he was sharing me with me his story mm-hmm. and he shared with me a book that's impacted him. And I mm-hmm. said, well, I just picked up the book while we we're talking. He said, well, here's your homework. Read the last chapter. So I read the last chapter. Wait, and that's make, what you're not supposed to do. Well, I, I'm glad I did. Okay. Because literally read the last chapter and to make a long story short, the last chapter introduced me to some resources okay. that I'm going to be utilizing in the next couple Very of months cool. to really help me grow the next level. That's good. And Maya's talking to my daughter and she's like, how'd you discover this? Mm-hmm. And I said, show me your friends. I'll show you your future. Ooh, I've heard that one before. <laughs> my friends, my friend introduced it to me mm-hmm. and look at my future. Yeah. Same thing we were just talking about. That's so relationships, good. Right. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. So I love that. Did, did you coin that phrase? <laughs> I think I've heard you say it a few times, but I don't think so. I'm pretty sure my parents <laughs> have told me that. And yeah. it's true. Even as an adult, right? We, we say to our kids, like I remember saying it to my kids with their friends, like, do you want to end up like that? But I think even as adults, um, my challenge, uh, I'll just say this and then we'll kind of wrap up. But, um, I have always been like afraid of, uh, books like uh, like self-help books really yeah better not read mine <laughs> well i know but but let me finish the story <laughs> yeah sorry because i feel like um growing up and i don't know if i can blame my my parents for this or not <laughs> but just very cautious of like the things that i allow to influence yes, me absolutely. right like whether it's magazines or Good books you. or i've just been very like very closed off like Good. i don't really i'm like just the bible i don't do um, a ton of other, I really mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like this year is, you know, we take every year at the end of, end of, of, end of the year at our church, we'll have a service where we just kind of sit and wait on the Lord and ask him, God, yeah. what do you have for me this next year? Like, yeah. what are you speaking to me? And I literally felt like God was like, Hey, really good job protecting your heart and yourself and your mind. He's like, I think you can open up the circle a little bit. (laughs) So I was like, are you sure God? (laughs) Um, yeah. So one of my goals this year has just been to do that. Good for you. You So like, you know, Sandy, you're 45 years old. I don't think too many people are going to sway your opinion. You're not going to be, you know, drug off into the crazy land. Um, you know, so I don't, I don't even know why I said that, but just allowing other people's stories, you know, to influence and shape, um, not everything that we, even if it's not true, even if it's like bad theology, not everything that we hear. And this is not to preface your no, book at okay. all. <laughs> I'm sure your book is awesome, but you know, there's just so much stuff out there. I know. You know, yeah. um, that we're looking for help, but w- and we end up finding just oh, you know, just look into this crystal, and all your problems go away. I don't think <laughs> smoke I don't this think. joint, and <laughs> you know, you no. won't feel pain anymore. But just yeah, I mean. Um, allowing God to bring people, influences, resources to your life that are there to help you. That's, that's my goal this year is just bringing friends around me, more friends around me, more, uh, books and resources that, um, 
complement what God's doing well, you, in my you life. Know, you know, what's interesting is, as you mentioned that is I'll just say this is that, um, Bob Jordan in that season said, you know what, uh, show me the books that you read and the people you spend time with and I'll tell you that who you're going to be in five yeah. years. And that's good. And that's why so, I said that. Show me your friends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I started reading a lot of books and so I, I, I listened to a lot of books, but, um, mm-hmm. this idea of psychological safety mm-hmm. came from a book. Mm. Right. And what's interesting to me is because I I'm Christian and I have the biblical background, I'm able to take these ideas and the Lord has allowed me to kind of pull them together. Yeah. Right. So yeah. the perfect love casts out fear. Yep. Wait, well, this is not a novel idea. Right. This is Jesus. Right. Yeah. So that's the way he works. Yeah. So I, so, so having the, having the, the research, if you will, yeah. in today's world that supports it yeah. and the scripture that supports it to pull those two together, mm-hmm. I found was a very powerful combination. It's a perfect combination. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, Damon, thank you so much for taking your time. Thanks for having me. This Even is though getting... you are currently unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busier now than I've ever been though. So No, I really just appreciate your insights and it's been good for me to hear a little bit more of your story, yeah. you know, even though I've known bits and pieces here and there throughout the years, but just to see the way that God's working in your life currently, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that, and what he has done in the past, I know is going to probably be a catalyst for people who are kind of in that place. They're like, okay, I'm ready to make that change. I love it. Yeah. And it points in a direction. And so I'm, I'm excited about that just to hear what God's doing. Well, thank you. And Sandy, I just want to say thank you again for um, using your gifts mm. to certainly through the worship. I've mentioned that. Thank you. The altar, the welcoming of the Holy spirit. Yeah. Um, and this, I think this is so cool. I think this is so cool what yeah. you're doing and how you're doing this and the ability to come and just talk and yeah. be here. I'm very, yeah. I'm very honored. So thank you. Oh, well, we're honored to have you and just, it's God, right? Yeah. Like God's leading and it's exciting to see what he's going to do. Yeah. So, well, let's just close in a word of prayer. I just want to pray over our listeners and over our That's time great. and then we will sign off. Heavenly Father, we're just so thankful for you, God, for... um who you are in our lives and the way that you draw us to yourself. God, I thank you that you created the world, that you created humanity. And even though there's a lot of brokenness in our world, God, I thank you that you walk with us in healing. You lead us along paths of righteousness. Just like your word says, you lead us beside the quiet waters, you restore and you heal our soul. Thank you for the, for doing that in my life. Thank you for doing that in Damon's life and for all of our listeners. God, I pray if there's anyone listening right now who's just in that valley of the shadow of death, they don't know what the next move is or, or what to do next. God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would lead them, that you would show them the path that you have for them. You'd bring them to a path that is um, clear, that is well lit. God, that is a place of healing. I pray that you'd bring community around them and help them to just take that step of faith to where you're leading them to a place of healing and wholeness. I know that's what you desire for all of us. So God, we pray your blessing over Damon and his family. Thank you for this new book that he's working on. I pray that your Holy Spirit would just continue to empower him and give him just downloads from you so that he can can be a blessing and encourage and inspire all those that will, will read his book. God, we just thank you for his testimony and, and again for his family. And we just pray your blessing on this entire podcast. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to all my lifers for tuning into today's podcast. We hope that you will, of course, 
like and subscribe and share. Maybe there's somebody that as we were talking, you were thinking, oh, they need to hear this. Go ahead and, you know, send them a link and share that. And we'll see you next time. Peace.